Hey everyone, welcome back for episode 87 of the PATH Podcast. I am Jason. Hey there, I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you've decided to join us on the PATH today. Um, so Derek, uh, just as a reminder to us and to everyone listening, uh, we're in Revelation still. Yeah. And uh, we have reached the... Um, let, let's let's call it the difficult portions of, of Revelation. I think that's a that's a safe way to describe Easy it. Easy to say. Yeah. yeah, it's the difficult portions, and um, you know, it's usually the part where people go, "What in the world is happening yeah. here?" Right. Yeah. And so, um, let's talk about for a second. Um, we, we've gotten to this seventh seal, and, and we, we looked at the first of these uh, seven trumpets that are being blown, um, and it's a really bleak picture that's painted here and and i know that part of it is we just you can't take it all in one chunk just because there's so much there but we sort of got halfway through and they had to stop yesterday and we'll get the rest of it yeah. uh, in the in the weeks to come but um let let's just um if we could for a second let's recognize the fact that this is difficult yeah. um and, and that's okay it's okay for it that it's to be difficult but it's not an excuse for us to just say well Let's just let's move on to something a little easier to, to talk yeah, about. Yeah. But we have to still plow through it. All right. So so we recognize that it's it's difficult, but it's not impossible. And and, um, yeah. and so I think that um, this is a great exercise and a great example of um, why uh, studying scripture verse by verse is important and passage by passage is important because it forces you to deal with those things that are maybe not as easily understandable. Yeah. Which is important because mm-hmm. we need to work through those things. And so um, maybe I think it might be beneficial. Um, just talk about kind of the journey that you've been on uh, that as you've been working through it, because okay. you and I have had conversations about how it's, you know, it's not easy to prepare for these messages. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think that that your, um, your journey of getting to this will help shed some light on the importance of, chapter 8 specifically, the first half of chapter 8. So. Sure, yeah. Um, let me just begin by saying you, you, you drew out a, an important point. And just, I don't, I don't know that this is something we talk about a lot, but this is something we strive to do, and that's called expository preaching, mm-hmm. right? right? So um, <clears throat> we, we strive to exegete, which means to dig out the meaning of the text, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and then we try to... Which is the ex- opposite. I don't mean to interrupt you, but just to give some comparison, we exegete to pull out of the text instead of eisegeting, which is reading our own thoughts right. into the Scripture. So yeah. what does the Scripture say, not what do I think the Scripture right. says? Right. So exegete is what you do in your study. You, you dig up. You're, you're, it's like mining for gold. You're yeah. trying to find that gold, bring it to the surface, mm-hmm. and then expository preaching is exposing what you found, exposing uh, the text that is there. An expository sermon, the text of the scripture drives the meaning of the the message, what what you're preaching about. Right. It's a fairly simple concept. We've theologized it, you know, just to make it... (laughs) I guess sound more important or whatever is. Right. It's just I read the book. I'm ready. and then I said, "Hey, look what I read." <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, in doing so, though, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Is that we must come to passages and not skip over them and yeah. wrestle with them and try to understand what they mean. Yeah. Digging out, digging up, exegeting, digging up these. The, the meaning that is there, the understanding that is there, the, mm-hmm. the truths that are there, um, 
and, and trying to expose those uh, in a way that is meaningful and does something for our lives. Well, yeah. my journey to even thinking about doing Revelation, um, gosh, now probably two or three years ago now, because yeah. um, we're, we're, we're pr- prepared well in advance. We, right. we know what we're preaching through 2023. So. Yeah. Um, my desire in doing that is with just the state of our world, um, and, and you know, take that with what you, whatever you want. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. We know it's just hairy yeah. at times. You right. know, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And so, I would hear, or I would see on social media, or hear in person, and those kind of things where people were like, "Oh." The end is near. God has <laughs> yeah. come. A revelation is being fulfilled before our eyes. Yeah. You know, and um, while I do think the end is near, I think it has been since Jesus. I mean, it's pretty much what He said. Yeah, yeah. We've been living in, in the end his, times for two thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I do think the return of Christ is imminent. I, I certainly certainly believe that. I think Scripture bears that out. Um. I didn't want, I wanted to help people and help myself, honestly, determine, okay, what are the signs yeah. that show us that revelation is near the end? Because a lot of times we get into these hokey signs and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I remember special ago, codes oh, and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. A few years ago, this, this guy in our church was, you know, he's like, well, there's going to be a blood moon on this date and... If you take this passage and the stars line up and this and the blah, 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 you know, and I don't even remember all the stuff, you know, yeah. then it's going to happen on September, I think it was September 12th or 21st, I don't remember, <laughs> it's like 2014 or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what about the passage where Jesus says, no one knows the time or hour, Jesus didn't even know while he was in his um, earthly, form. earthly state, you know, his, his veiled state. Yeah. Only God knew, um, you know, so it's like. Uh, it doesn't jive with other passages of scripture that yeah. I know. So you know, it's funny. And then, of course, that day came and went and went. <laughs> and and went. The, you know, then the guy's tune changed to some new date. You know, and it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, if you just keep chasing dates and all this kind of stuff, I think that you get lost in the weeds. Yeah. And I think that you miss really what this passage will tell us today. Uh, you know, of our job here that we, that we, we continue on, we have to do, uh, continue doing. And then I think, you know, we, we look at Revelation as kind of only impending doom mm, yeah, and forget that it was written 2,000 years ago to seven churches in Asia Minor. To encourage them. To give them encouragement, yeah. to inject them with faith to continue on. Yeah. In the trials they were facing and right. would face in the immediacy, mm-hmm. and so um, while there is certainly, there are certainly prophetic aspects of there's yet to be seen fulfillment of revelation. Yeah, a lot of it was going to be fulfilled in their day yeah. that they would see and face these things, and so you know. Um, not trying to get lost in the weeds of all that stuff either, but just yeah. to see, okay, what is the principle here? What was it trying to accomplish for these seven churches and mm-hmm. the Christians there in Asia Minor that were facing tribulations of their own? And what does that look like? You know, what what can we learn from that? What can we glean from that? What can we, you know, yeah. um, 
uh, add to our own hearts and lives, you know. And so, right. I think I think that's a great point that so often um, we approach, or pe- people historically have approached the Book of Revelation <clears throat> as it's like this mystical secret that we have to figure out. When in actuality, um, to your point, you say people keep getting lost in the weeds, and we take things that are maybe difficult to understand, and we're we think you know I mentioned earlier that that chapter eight is difficult to understand. We hadn't even got to no. <laughs> to, to the really difficult we're just part yet. The surface, we're just yeah. scratching the surface, and um, but like people want to take things that are not the main point, but raise them to the level of the main point mm-hmm. of this is what revelation is all about. Yeah. And it's like, no, you you've missed the point. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it, this is a great spot to remind us that all along we have said, revelation is a book about Jesus. Yeah. It's about revealing him to us and, um, and revealing him to these seven churches that we're going to face struggles and that we now, I, I, I love that this is a, a, a recurring theme that you have that you say we always want to take what are the principles that we can glean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important that um, all the scripture should be, should be um, approached that way because I think that when we take um, our incessant need to know <laughs> as Americans and make that the focus of I have to know exactly what this red heifer means and I mm-hmm. have to know exactly what this thing represents and it's like I'm not saying don't study that we should study it but when we take that and make it the main thing and not the main thing Mm -hmm. which is Jesus then we get lost in those weeds I think you're right we were talking earlier about exegesis versus eisegesis right right? yeah that was my concern is that by people saying oh the book of Revelation is being fulfilled before Mm -hmm. our very eyes that we read our meaning mm-hmm. and what we think is happening around us into the text right. rather than saying, okay, wait. And that's what I want to do is just say, okay, what does the text actually say? Yeah. What's happening here? Why was it written to these seven churches? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it wasn't, yeah, it was written to them, not to us. Yeah. I mean, us by proxy, right. but them initially, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, someone will say, Chapter eight, you know the third, you know the uh, fire raining down and all this kind of stuff. Well, that you know people will say that's nuclear war. They'll they'll yeah. try to insert like our understanding of what that could be mm-hmm. when it's just symbolic. Like it's not meant to be like a specific like yeah. literal. You know, uh, one third of people are killed by fire right. raining yeah. down. Like, John, John didn't have a vision of nuclear bombs dropping when he I don't, wrote this down. I don't think so because <laughs> right. that was. Something that that would even wouldn't have even been a concept in the people's right. minds that read it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. You have to think think again of like those letters. Hey, there's something that's going to happen. You have no frame of reference or way to understand what it is, mm-hmm. but there's going to be these nuclear bombs that are going to drop. Yeah. Like you have to you have to put yourself back in that first century mm-hmm. mindset to begin to understand. Yeah. So, so you know, we we take a book that is highly symbolic and try to like. Uh, make it literal mm-hmm. and it's funny because we'll miss the actual literal things you know right. we talked about last week that you know there's a multitude that comes out that John sees and there's somebody from every nation tribe tongue yeah. but we forget that right? and so we're like oh yeah revelations could happen any day and it's like wait a second there's 3,000 people of unengaged unreached people groups mm-hmm. in our world in the 1040 window there's 7,400 of them that are unreached, but that there's they still have reached some there, like yeah. less than two percent of the tribe. Yeah, you know. So, is that 
you know, we, we want to assign literalness to yeah. certain things that aren't meant to be literal. They're symbolic. Right. And we miss the actual thing that is literal, and yeah. we, we forget that. You know, and so that's what, that's, that's what I'm saying by we get lost in the weeds. We, 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 we focus on the thing that's not meant to be focused on and miss the thing that, that yeah. was very important and, or, you know, that could help us understand yeah. more about Jesus and right. more about ourselves. Yeah, you're right. And, and honestly, like that, that type of fascination with the book of Revelation is a very recent development in the history of the church. Sure. Um, I mean, that's really only 150 or so years, maybe a little more, of fascination in that way. I mean, mm-hmm. people have always revered the book of Revelation, yeah. but there was never a, we must figure out exactly when mm-hmm. this is going to happen until, you know, the yeah. early 1800s yeah. was really when that kind of started. Um, and I, I think and I think you're, some folks that, that want to determine that and even say they know what it all means, I, I think it's bordering on like modern day Gnosticism. Mm, yeah, the, to, I have some secret knowledge. I have some kind of um, knowledge mm-hmm. that is only attainable in a certain way and not everyone can have it. Yeah. You know, let me take us back to the Reformation, man. The Reformation happened because the you know, the uh, Catholic priests thought they had the... The, um, the corner on the yeah, market. Yeah, <laughs> they thought they knew exactly everything that was going on and they were the only ones that could know it. That's why it couldn't be in a language that was understandable. It was only in uh, Latin, you know. Yeah. And, and, and so it's like... No, we, we 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 got out of that because we understand the Bible is understandable by everyone. Right. Like it's not, it's not some secret knowledge of mine. Right. I was trained in hermeneutics, which is the study of learning how to take a passage of scripture and interpret it, find yeah. interpretation, and take the principles and apply them over here, which you, mm-hmm. we talked about. You you said, well, I'm glad you have that thing. Well, that's just how I teach the Bible because yeah, absolutely that's how I was trained. But yeah. I think it makes the most sense, and that's how I teach. Genesis, and that's how I teach Revelation. That's how I <laughs> yeah. teach everything in between. Is yeah. that what was the original meaning of the Bible? Right. What are the principles I can take from then and bring them over and apply them to my life? So the principles still come over. Yeah. Um, and we we across the river of, um, you know, of um, time and space. <laughs> well, culture mm-hmm. and language, and you know, uh, Old Testament versus New Testament. Yeah. Or uh, old old covenant versus new covenant. Anyway, we. We, we are able to walk over those all those things and say, okay, what how can I apply the meaning in, that was happening in their time yeah. to our day? And that's what I try to do. Absolutely. Well, and that that's a great bridge right there. Yeah. So let's talk about what were the what were the principles that we looked at or that we saw yesterday in the passage that we can apply today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a passage that was really that's really like you could read this and say, I'm not really sure if this even applies to me sure. now. And yeah. so, so it's um, help us understand how it does, because I think you yeah. did this well yesterday. But um, maybe dig a little deeper into how it, the you know, Revelation eight one through nine does apply to us today sure, yeah. and affects it, us today. Yeah, it definitely does. You know, I kind of joked about it. I was like, hey, if you came in for like a super encouraging message today, <laughs> yeah. might come back next week. Maybe it'll be better. But you know, it's. I think we expect that kind of from church sometimes. We just want to go hear something exciting, yeah. make me feel courage. Good. Yeah. And um, and though the passage was tough, um, not necessarily because it was hard to understand, mostly because it's just like, wow, this is we're seeing the judgment of God. You know, yeah, I had someone coming after church yesterday. I said, hey, you did a pretty good, or you did a good job on one of those what I call the blood and guts passages mm-hmm. of scripture. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, well, yeah. okay, thanks, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's just it's it's not 
fun to think about that. Sure. Yeah. And if it is, there might be something wrong with it. Yeah, you're you're a little masochistic, man. Yes, yeah, I think so. If you're like, yes, judgment. That's that's the first point (laughs) that I try to draw out is that, yeah, their judgment is is impending. Um, And it should be. Mm -hmm. And we and (laughs) though we're okay with that in human terms, Mm Uh, with with justice being served, especially if we're very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So I gave the example. There recently was an apartment fire. It turns out it was arson, yeah. and the person was charged with murder. Well, we we because someone died. Yeah, a nineteen year old girl that just moved in like two months before. That. Yeah, she just graduated high school. She was trying to make a thing a, a name for her in her life. People accepted her in that apartment yeah. complex. And this person did something senseless, yeah. and it cost somebody's life. Well, we're okay with judgment being reigned in, right? We are, like, right. In earthly terms, we're mm-hmm. okay with it because she did something wrong, and it cost somebody's life, a precious life. Mm-hmm. So we're okay with judgment in that in that standpoint, right? Yeah. But for all of uh, our, for all of. Uh, space and time there's this war waging against the kingdom of God and it's waging 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 we read it out read about it from uh, you know Genesis 315 on Mm -hmm. uh, that the enemy is a part of that but the world is a part of that as well Uh, you know from all the way from the Canaanites to the Philistines to I mean like all these things waging against the people of God and the kingdom of God um and so we finally see that that must finally come to an end. Mm-hmm. And it's like we lose our minds. Why would God do that? Yeah. You know, when he is He is just exercising the authority that is rightfully his over a rebellious situation, a rebellious people, <clears throat> and a rebellious uh, uh, clashing kingdom, as Daryl Johnson talks mm-hmm. about it in, in his book, uh, Discipleship on the Edge. It's, so that's that's what's happening here. Yeah, is that God is finally enacting His judgment mm-hmm. that He's been long suffering against, and right. patient, and right. not willing that any should perish, as, uh, as Peter pointed out yeah. in Second Peter. Uh, one of the things that came to my mind is you know we've talked about uh, previously that we should look at this book as a mirror mm-hmm. for us, and and I think one of the things that um, this passage specifically kind of holds up is is how we. Um, to your point, we're we're all about judgment for other people. Yeah, we're all about it, yeah. but we we don't necessarily want judgment for ourselves, and um, and so I think that it's a good reminder to look at this passage and say, were it, were it not for the grace of God, I I'm right there in the middle of that sure. judgment, you know, and um, and to to be reminded of. I, I don't think it's good for us to dwell on it, but I think it's good occasionally to be reminded of what we have been saved from mm-hmm. uh, through Christ and. Um, because that helps it helps us have more of an appreciation for our salvation. Well, Paul talks about it in every single one of his letters. Absolutely. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, hey, you once were in darkness, now you're in light. Yeah. And um, you were spared from the coming judgment. I mean, like uh, yeah. Peter talks about it in Second Peter, mm-hmm. uh, when the day of the Lord shall come. Yeah, I mean, like, right. it's it's talked about <clears throat> again and again and again. And we we just kind of bristle at that because we're like, well, you know, if God is loving, why, why would he do blank or whatever? Yeah. But the thing we see is that Judgment must come because egregious wrongs have been done. Right. Yet, yet, God is patient, mm-hmm. kind, 
uh, he is slow uh, to anger. Slow to anger. He's holding on. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's waiting yeah. as long as he can. And in this moment, heaven is silent. Mm-hmm. Heaven is silent because heaven is not excited about this. Right. And so that's why you know we we shouldn't be like you know oh yeah they're going to get there. Um, you know we should we should mourn and weep. Yeah. That people refuse. Refuse yeah. or in rebellion of God and refuse to receive His gift mm-hmm. of grace and mercy, and yeah. that's what it is at this point. Right, that's what it is. The people <clears throat> rebel and don't care, and we see that later as in chapter nine, as we, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see that even even people, you know, the warning sounds have kept going off, and they just don't listen. Yeah. you know, and that's that's I w- you know almost wish we could look at a bigger chunk, but it's just hard. Like it would yeah. be, I would. Uh, the message would be a lot longer. It was already <laughs> right. longer than I wanted yesterday. So, uh, mm-hmm. all that to say is the first point that we kind of talked about. The principle we saw is that though judgment must come, will we celebrate it? And that's yeah. the thing. It's like we 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 shouldn't. We we can't. Yeah. We can't celebrate. It's not like we're like ooh, you know. And and yeah. that's I think that's what I bristled about sometimes when people would talk about Revelation. I don't think everyone that talked about it that meant this, but there were some that were yeah. like, oh yeah, well, God's going to get him. You yeah. know, it's, he's got to come and. And it's like, bro, I still know people mm-hmm. that don't know the Lord. Yeah. And so they're going to be in, in this, this yeah. you know, judgment raining down. Right. And that concerns me. Yeah. And so I don't want to celebrate that. I, you know, I will say, as John did at the end, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. come quickly. Because, um, you know, I, I, the older I get, the more I've become a, you know, lo- longer I've been a Christian, the longer I just hate sin and want the mm-hmm. Lord to come and, 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 um, and, and, um, you know, take us home and, yeah. and all that. I really do. But uh, I don't want to hasten that because there are people still that will fall under that judgment. Right. Right. So that's the first principle that heaven doesn't celebrate and we shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, the second principle is just that there is a warning alarm. We, we see that, that seventh seal, op- like it just, enacts like the seven trumpets right the seven yeah. the seven warning signs the seven horns that mm-hmm. are being blown um you know and and um in the old testament we we see this this um we see that it's um the precedent that god has set in in a lot of ways that this ram's horn this trumpet being blown is meant to be a warning ezekiel 33 even says that you know it's describing this like a ram's horn being th- blown and people not listening and he's yeah. like if you don't listen to the warning signs you, you know yeah, it's your on, fault that's on it's you. On you you know and yeah. so um we talked about that but the question is that we must wrestle with is will we heed it will mm-hmm. we heed the warning signs yeah and uh, part of that number one is just heeding it for ourselves and trusting Christ ourselves mm-hmm. number two is heeding it so that we say okay this is serious and i need to go help send off some of these alarms to people i love and care for yeah you know and, uh, and I think that's huge. And mm-hmm. then uh, that that comes through in that third principle as well. And that, that is that through it all, we still see God's mercy. Will we share it? Yeah. And the way we see God's mercy is that, you know, some, this, this one-third, you know, is it a literal one-third, like a mathematical number? Uh, I just I find it hard because everything in Revelation is symbolic. So yeah. I think it's symbolic. And, and what it's showing is that, he still had mercy as his, as the judgment yeah. is raining down. As these seven trumpets are being blown, and the 
the angel is is doing what they're to do when that warning sign right. goes. It's you know it it's um, um, you know a third of this, a third of that, a third of that. It was mm-hmm. it wasn't all of them? Yeah, it wasn't even half of them. Right, not even two thirds of them. Just a third. Yeah. Now that's hard because we're like a third of people. Oh my gosh, that's a huge number. Yeah. But that's not what it means. It doesn't mean like an yeah, actual necessarily what number. like two point seven billion people. It yeah, yeah. doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean what it means is that he was still merciful. Not everyone did. Yeah. And he very easily could have and would have had would have been and completely been, justified. In exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. Because he's God. He has full authority. He yeah. knows exactly what needs to be done and yeah. how it needs to be done and you know who will believe or who will not you know i mean who will turn who will not i mean like he's god he's sovereign he's he knows all those things he's over all those things he's got over all those things yet uh and he's perfect in his judgments and he could cast the harshest sentence for the entirety of those who have gone astray but he does not do that only a fraction only a fraction and that that's that's where we see his mercy now I think it helps because we looked at another passage of scripture that's also talking about talking about the end and give it gives us a new little insight to mm-hmm. add to this. Yeah. And that's Second Peter uh, two. Yeah. Uh, no, Second Peter three, three, one through thirteen, mm-hmm. and um, what we see is that he says that uh, the Lord is patient. Mm-hmm. He is. Not will or not wanting anyone to perish. I'm going to read that as soon as I get there. Um, so he's talking about the the day of the Lord. That's the heading in my Bible, but that's really what he's talking about. Dear friends, this is now the second letter I've written to you. Both letters I want to stir up your sincere understanding by way of reminder, so that you can recall the words previously spoken by the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior given through our the your apostles above all be aware of this scoffers will come in the last day scoffing and following their own evil desires saying where is he coming uh, where is his coming that he promised ever since our ancestors fell asleep all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation they deliberately overlook this i think this is very telling for our, for yeah. our time people are like oh yeah he's coming uh, yeah right mm-hmm. you know because there are there are scoffers and there are skeptics sure. out there these days uh, by the word of God, the heavens came into being a long ago, and the earth was brought about from the water through the water. Though these, uh, the world of that time perished when it was flooded, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, hmm. being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. And then this is what he says. Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like... One day the Lord does not delay his promise, mm-hmm. but, as, or as some would understand delay, but is patient with you, mm-hmm. not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So, yeah. you know, and it goes on. Uh, but, but the whole point of that is that he is merciful. He is patient. Yeah. He is um, allowing more people to come to faith and come to repentance because that's what he wants. Yeah. And so if that's the case, if God is still merciful... Then and we are still here to herald that message, the gospel message. Mm-hmm. Are we doing that? Yeah. Are we sharing it? Yeah. Are we sounding a warning sign or a warning sound, right. a warning alarm? Are we letting people know, hey, there's a way mm-hmm. that you can be forgiven of your sins and have eternity with Jesus, and 
avoid the coming judgment, avoid the coming um, uh, impending doom. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, and just recompense for your wrongs and your sins and the evil of this world. Yeah. And uh, that's something we need to be sharing. Yeah, I agree. With everyone that we come in contact with. Right. I think, I think a, an interesting parallel to this exact thought that helps to influence our, our um, motivation to go share is that, um, you know, you're talking about how we, we look at this whole God wiping out one third of, of creation. And we look at it and go, well, golly, man, that's not fair. And, and I think it, it really serves to kind of bring to the top our lack of understanding of the egregiousness of sin, yeah. of how serious sin is. Um, because, you know, like we mentioned, God very, very um, justifiably could have just said, we're done here and, and wiped away all of it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Um, and and when, when he, if he had wiped away everything uh, in this vision, it would have been like, yeah, I mean, I don't like it, but... but it was worthy of that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that being reminded again of what we've been saved from, how terrible sin is, what an incredible offense it is to God, helps to push us out to say, I have to go share this, the gospel with people mm-hmm. so that they are saved from that same nasty, ugly sin that I was saved from, um, which is, you know, that may not, that's not necessarily in... Um, Revelation 8, but it is when we're taking all of Scripture as a whole it, it helps influence our understanding of this, of that God is merciful in a way that He does not have to be. No. And and um, and, and so thank God that He is merciful in that oh, way. Yeah. Thank God that He is patient. Thank God that He is slow to anger oh, yeah. because if He wasn't, then none of us would be here, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that, for me, that makes me want to, let's push me out all the more. Let me go mm-hmm. share the gospel. Let me let me bring others into this family that I've been brought into or mm-hmm. help to bring others into this family that I've brought into. Um, and it, it's just a, to me, it's it's such a, um, on face value, you wouldn't read Revelation 8, 1 through 9 and say, man, I need to go share the gospel with people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you uh, on face value, you read it and go, this is heavy. Yeah. You know? Um, but it's, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a great, I, I appreciate you exposing the way that you exposed to say, um, we've been given a task. Mm-hmm. We, we have to go share this mercy with other people. Yeah. Well, the fact that, that, that God brings judgment is, is an understanding that he does care about the, the, the way people do things yeah. and he, he will punish egregious sin and mm-hmm. evil Yeah. and, and we should we should expect him to do that. Right. Uh, we we expect that in our own lives. We should, we should expect God to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. We we minimize sin so much, and we 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 don't realize how egregious it is, mm-hmm. and and that it des- it deserves a con- a, a consequence. consequence. It yeah. ha- you know, uh, uh, you know, the wages of sin is death. Romans six twenty three. Yeah. Now. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right. So that makes it all the more amazing. Absolutely. That God would extend grace to anyone. Yeah. To anyone. Yeah. That's what makes Romans 5, 8 so unreal because it says, but God demonstrates his love toward us mm-hmm. and that while we were still in our sin, while we were still sinners, while we were still in rebellion against yeah. him, while we still, uh, you know, waved our hand of, I autonomy and I'll do whatever yeah. I want. I am, not gonna do I am my want. own yeah. God and I'll do whatever I care about. Jesus still died. Yeah. 
knowing that. Right. And uh, that grace is amazing because Mm -hmm. the grace is undeserved. Right. Uh, uh, Mercy is him saying, yeah, you do deserve this, but I'm holding it back from you. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we see the mercy of God throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and if we don't hold that up at the same time, we hold up his judgment. We, we fail to, uh, we err. We err in what the Bible really teaches. Absolutely, yeah. It's a it's a tension that holds yeah. between those two things. That even it's not in, all one or the other. Even in the hardest passages. Absolutely. Like this one. Absolutely. It's, it's still, still there. It's still there. But it... It's harder to see the the more the kingdom of God is clashing with the kingdom of this world. Yeah. You know, the more that happens, it's harder to see the mercy. It's still there. Yeah. It's still loud and clear, but it's it we, we get distracted. Yeah. I agree. By yeah. by the other things. And so we have to say, wait, no, no, no. The character of God mm-hmm. is merciful and kind, even in the midst of this yeah. justice. Mm-hmm. That's 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 held in perfect tension. At the cross. Yeah, definitely. Perfect tension at the cross. And maybe people don't always think about this. Maybe they only think that the cross is all the love of God, mm. the love of Jesus, right? Right. And that is certainly there. It is, yeah. But it, you, if you fail, if you're distracted and only see the love, you fail to see the tension being held there together. Uh, um, not even tension, but like in perfect peril. Harmony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> harmony. Yeah. The justice of God being served against sin. Yeah. Because the justice of God, uh, the wrath of God, was placed on Christ in mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah. So you have Christ uh, in, in this intermediary way holding together the wrath of God mm-hmm. and the love and the mercy of God. Yeah. It's amazing. And, Absolutely. And that's what we see even in this passage. Even in Revelation yeah. 8. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, very good. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, well, here's where we turn it over to you. Two things, I think. Number one, um, what what are your thoughts on this passage? How, how does this passage encourage you to share your faith with others? But then also, how have you experienced God's mercy? What, how, how has that manifested itself in your life that you see God's mercy? We would love to have a conversation about that with you. You can email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life or you can comment on any social media as well. Um, we would love to just have that conversation. And just a reminder as we're starting this new season, this is a conversation that we would like to be having, not a talk to you or at you, but we want to have a conversation. Uh, and so uh, we would love to interact with you. Please share this uh, podcast so that other people can be a part of the conversation as well. But we will continue looking at uh, Revelation chapter 8, the second half of it next week. But until then, I am Jason. I'm Derek. And we hope that you will join us as we continue down the path next time.